Hjertelig velkommen til et nytt program her på Israel-kanalen. I dag er jeg så heldig å ha med mig pastor Oded Shoshani. Han er pastor i menigheten Melech Hamlechim i Jerusalem. Welcome to Israel-kanalen, Oded. It's a blessing to be in Norway. Yeah, we, it's a blessing for us to have you here as well, and we have enjoyed these days that you have been together with us. Praise the Lord. Uh, first, I want you to introduce yourself. You are a pastor, but uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your background in Israel. Well, I grew up in the Tel Aviv area in a semi-secular religious family. Um, the hand of the Lord was on my life since I was a little child. Uh, I invited Yeshua, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life after I finished the army service around 22 of age. Uh, got married. Uh, finished engineering degree in the Technion, uh, worked in the building trade, and then the Lord called me into full-time ministry about uh, 20 plus years ago, uh, and I pastored a congregation in Jerusalem. I like to share this, that it's this is not um, uh, this is not an accident. We are here, I'm here, as a part of God's fulfillment of his prophecies. He was saying in Ezekiel 36 that he will bring the Jewish people back into the land of Israel in a state where they don't fully know him. And that happened to my great-grandparents. On my mother's side, they came on donkeys from former Soviet Union, Georgia, uh, in 1892, and they settled in Jerusalem. My mother and her mother and, and her parents were born in Jerusalem. My father was born in Jerusalem. So here I am standing in front of you believing in the Jewish Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, a descendant of those who returned from exile, fulfilling God's word. I think this is amazing. Yeah. So you are a so-called Shabra then? Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, It was interesting to hear about your your grandparents traveling on donkey. Do you know how long time it took from them? I really don't know. No. Uh, one of the things that we are going to discuss in this program is the situation, the current situation in Israel. Uh, we have been, you know, aware of uh, through the media that there is a lot of um, political uh, disturbances in Israel, a lot of demonstrations uh, against uh, the government. Uh, but you, as you live there, so you can tell us a little bit more what's actually going on. I would um, say that first, I believe in the God of Israel, and I believe that he is in charge and in control of what's going on, and his purpose is the salvation of the people of Israel. And he's using the current state of Israel as a fulfillment of prophecy, but also as a vehicle for the return of the Jews back to the land of Israel, and in order for Yeshua to return and for the people of Israel, say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm a Zionist. I love my people. I love the state of Israel. I served in the army. My children, my seven children have served in, in the Israeli army. Uh, I'm a patriot. I really care for the land of Israel. Uh, I think the Lord is doing amazing and great things in the land of Israel. Um, and at the same time, when we pray for the people of Israel, just to pray for the salvation of the people of Israel, it's kind of a big uh, topic that it's it's hard to define, it's hard to quantify, it's hard to hold on in prayer for that, even though the scripture is full of, the, of that, but it's, it's not so practical to hold on to. 
And so I usually like to add some practical points uh, of the current situation, but the practical points never stand on their own. They stand under God's plan for the people of Israel. And God's plan for the people of Israel is the physical return of the people of Israel to the land of Israel, and then their return, their spiritual return and repentance and coming to know the blessings and forgiveness in the blood of Yeshua, the Jewish Messiah. This is the context we're going to talk about. The context is not against the people of Israel, but the context is what God is doing in the land of Israel these days and how to practically pray God's plan for the people of Israel in the land of Israel. Yeah, because we are encouraged to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. And this includes also the, the what's going on in the society, right? Amen. Mm. Amen, amen. So, uh, where do you start? What are we going to... to, to if you start, to, uh, do you have a list of uh, prayer points? I have a long list of prayer points. Yeah. I'm not sure we'll do everything today in the podcast. But I, I again, I, I just want to... You uh, emphasize two verses, two uh, sections of verses. The first one is from First Timothy uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, that tells us, pray for your government. And usually we stop at verse 3 that says, pray for your government so you may live in peace. But actually the verse continues to verse 4, and, and which says, uh, this is a good thing that God desires that all men will be saved and come to the knowledge of uh, the truth of Yeshua HaMashiach. And so a government is there appointed by God to rule the people, but it's not to rule the people for the sake of nothing, but there is a purpose, a God purpose in every government to lead the people into salvation. God wants to use every government so the people that are under that government will be saved. So that's that's the outermost. It's God's design. It's not uh, my thoughts. It's God's thoughts on it. The other one is, as we all know, is that most governments are well. All governments they're not perfect. Their their governments are made of humans, and as humans, we have our own drives and our own emotions and our own opinions. We're not perfect. And so, really, the governments are there. We need to pray for them because they're not perfect. But the ultimate, the ultimate strength comes from God. And it says in um, Psalm one twenty one verses one and two, it says, "I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help will come from God, who made heaven and earth." So when we pray, it's not politics that we pray; it's facts. It's situations, and we pray for for the government, not against the government, but for the government to fulfill its God-given mandate, which at the end of it, the God-given mandate is for the government to serve the people, but also point them towards salvation of God. Mm. So I wanted to start with that. So we would have a framework. We're not just praying political opinion. We're not praying against or for, but we're praying for the people because God has a plan of salvation for the people. That's wonderful to hear. I mean, we have also problems in our government here in Norway, so we know that uh, you're not always agreeing with what's going on, but we are still encouraged to, to pray for Amen. the authorities. Amen. So there, there, what what we see today in, in Israel, when you look at the news, you see in Israel several things that are very clear. You think, well, this is... 
this is the face of reality, but actually they are an end result of some of the things that have been going on in Israel. But what we see today, you, you read the newspaper, you read the news online, you see that there is a break of trust between the people and the government and all its agencies. You see that the nation is um, ripped apart. There's no trust between the different segments of society. Um, you see a polarization. Some segments of society are pulling this way or that way. And, and what I'm saying is not for or against. This is what's happening. Uh, the media may exasperate the situation, but it, it is a true reality. We live there. We know it's true. We've seen over the last decade uh, a very fast increase in uh, violence, every facet of violence in society, killing, uh, murders, crime, uh, uh, in family violence. We've seen a lot of violence that has been uh, raising up in very fast in the last decade, and there are reasons for it. There are processes leading to it. We have seen that the, the um, security situation is never stable. Uh, a war in Israel is always around the corner. The army is always ready, ever ready for a situation that might arise quickly. Uh, the last few months since the last government has been sworn in, we've seen that the economical situation has, has deteriorated in the land of Israel quickly. Some of it is an is a end result of the international community putting pressure on the, on the government. And so when we look at these things, we say, well, how can we pray about it? How can we pray? Uh, we, uh, we think Netanyahu is a great prime minister. Others would say, well, he's not. The point is, how do we pray? How do we pray for the people of Israel? We, as I said, the, the scripture in Timothy tells us to pray for the government, yeah. not against the government. And we need to pray for the government, even if the government makes wrong decisions, wrong moral decisions, wrong spiritual decisions. We still want to pray for the government to be aware of its God-given call to be servants for the people. So um, uh, when you look at the, the society in Israel, and uh, we have heard about, you know, the ultra-Orthodox uh, and they are exempt from army service and so on. Uh, how is it in Israel? How is it, you know, a big divide between the, the different uh, groups in the country? So just uh, as, a, as a picture about the, uh, the ultra-Orthodox, there's somewhere between 15 to 20 percent uh, of the population in Israel, but actually they are the tip of the balance of power in the government. So every government in the last... Uh, 30 years always needed the help of the religious and now of the extreme religious or the ultra-Orthodox. Every government needs them. So basically, the ultra-Orthodox wants to keep their population set apart from the rest of the nation. It's, it's funny to say this. The ultra-Orthodox are in the government, but some of the ultra-Orthodox do not recognize that or do not accept that the state of Israel as a Zionist uh, entity. They say we're waiting for the Messiah, and nothing, uh, nothing done by men, i.e., the Israeli government, uh, is is replacing what God is supposed to be doing. Which basically, I agree with it. But God is using the, the the state of Israel, the government of Israel, to achieve God's plan. But they do not recognize it. So what happened in the last decades is that the ultra-orthodox 
uh, demographics have continually increased. Their, their number of children per family is seven to nine. Uh, the usual population is somewhere between three and four. Uh, so they continually grow numerically. And because they've been the tip of power uh, in the government, they have been receiving uh, budgets to allow them to continue in this lifestyle of studying all the oral law and the Torah and, and religious studies and not serve the state of Israel. So they're basically a, a part of society that is taking in, but they're also controlling the government uh, and whatever decision is done in the government because they're the tip of balance. Yeah. And then, of course, the maybe the hardest or the most difficult part that we often hear, of, hear about is the terrorism, the Arab population. Uh, how is that? Uh, what's happening there? Well, terrorism, we, we would like to think terrorism is, is only an outside trying to destroy the inside, which is usually true. Uh, the general situation for the last 150 years is that the majority of uh, Muslim countries or all these Muslim countries have not been accepting the presence of the state of Israel in the Middle East. Uh, if you look at the charter of Jihad or uh, of Hamas, they do not accept. They want to annihilate the state of Israel. Uh, also, the Arab countries, whenever, whenever, even those that are at peace with Israel, like Jordan and uh, Egypt and uh, United Emirates, whenever there's a threat on Islamic whatever in the land of Israel, then the, immediately there's a threat on the peaceful uh, peace agreements between Israel and the Arab nations. So we always live in the Middle East, the Jewish state, the Jewish democratic state, live in a presence of Islam is not willing to receive us. It's, uh, we, within the state of Israel, Muslims live freely. We have a Supreme Court um, Islamic judge. Uh, we have doctors and, uh, and other uh, Muslims that uh, can uh, study and enjoy full education, high education in Israel. They work in government offices and gover government uh, agencies, etc. And they are serving the state. Um, this is not a perfect situation. But Islam, as a general, does not receive the presence of Israel in Israel, in the land of Israel. So terrorism is one aspect of it. Um, people would like to at attribute terrorism to the Palestinian problem. They would say there is a Palestinian problem and Israel has created a Palestinian problem. And therefore, uh, and it goes on and on, speaking politics. But if you look at the roots of the conflict, you see again and again and again that Islam, even, even before the state of Israel was established, Islam refused to accept the presence of Jews in what then was called Palestine, in the land of Israel, in the land of Canaan, many historical names. And so there, there is a situation where uh, Muslim population and Muslim countries refused to accept the state of Israel. And it continues to be so to some degree. And wherever there is the rise of extreme Islam, there is more hate and lack of acceptance towards the state of Israel. So terror, uh, the media would like us to believe that it's only a, a political uh, act against the state of Israel. But you, when you really look at it, 
you see now there, there's a religious aspect to it, which is core value, which does not accept the state of Israel. I'm not saying the state of Israel is free of mistakes over history, but when you look at uh, the War of Independence at 48, where five uh, Arab countries came against 600,000 Jewish people in the state of Israel, they were not willing to accept it, and they came out to war to annihilate the Jewish uh, population in then Palestine. War of 67 was the same. The war of 73 was the same. That was trying to annihilate the Jewish presence in the Middle East. So when you talk about terror, there's a huge background that modern uh, politics either ignore or pur purposefully or ignore out of ignorance, but it's there. Uh, so we do suffer from terror. We have uh, continually, all the time, um, the arms of uh, Islam trying to kill Jews. Uh, we have seen also within uh, Israel, we have Muslim, uh, mostly Muslim Arab population, but we have also some Christians, but we've seen mostly uh, Muslims. There's more and more rise of uh, Islam uh, or Islam uh, religious feelings among some of the Arab Muslims in the land. And so that, some of it has turned to, uh, to violence or terror against Jews. Uh, yeah, and then you have uh, what we have been, you know, exposed for the most uh, partly in during the the last month, the judicial system and the overhaul of the Supreme Court. Uh, is that a big divide in Israel? It's a big divide in Israel. Um, uh, factually, the judicial system, not just the Supreme Court, there needs to be some uh, improvement to it. Uh, we're we're missing hundreds of judges to be to be active. We're missing the the placement for these judges. There's no government budget to pay their salaries to pay for whatever uh, infrastructure for these. We're missing uh, many years of government ignoring the growth of population for the growth of the court system. So the court system is behind in many facets. Uh, you wait. Uh, you could wait for a small. I'm waiting for a small infra infraction of uh, um, car accident to be in court more for a year and a half, uh, personally. Wow, wow. So this time. is just a, a, an example. Uh, and over the years, also there there was in the Supreme Court there was some shift of uh, a liberal point of view of taking more power. So there needs to be a shifting back of some balance. But the way the present government has done it, it was so, uh, so strong and so, um, you would say in English, in your face. Uh, it didn't look like a desire to fix, but a desire to destroy. And over the last 40, 50 years, the Supreme Court has been the last resort against uh, the government agencies abusing power. Um, and so we do need a reform. We do need some changes in the judicial system, which is large and expensive, uh, and we need it to happen. The Netanyahu uh, governments for the last 12 years had every chance to do that quietly and peacefully and in agreement. They've chosen not to do that, and they're trying to do it now in a very aggressive and powerful manner. Therefore, uh, the people rising against it. And, and the people rising against it is not just the way it was approached, but also uh, because there are other feelings of the breaking of trust. For example, uh, 
as I mentioned before, when the religious are the tip of scale in the government and they're not serving the state and you have the rest of, of the secular society serving the state, both in uh, regular army service or uh, reserve army service, you have a feeling of, well, who owns the state? Uh, is the state really uh, serving its people or some of the section of society is serving another section that does not contribute back? And so in the background of, uh, of uh, the demonstration, it's not just the, f the flat value of what they're trying to uh, turn the Supreme Court, but also a continual rise in the sentiment of, well, we can't live our lives here in this land. Okay. You mentioned earlier, before we started this uh, program, uh, about the, the situation in, in the school system, that a lot of teachers actually are moving away from Israel. What's happening there? The situation that, that I've described, and there's more to describe, but I'm saving the time and details, but the situation has caused a rift in the trust of people in the government and, uh, and a rift, a very strong rift of the sense of unity as a nation, as a one nation. And so not just teachers, but also doctors and high-tech people and people who are invested, uh, have invested their money and their talent in Israeli industry. They're feeling that the government is turning against those that contribute to the state and is allowing those who do not contribute to the state to control life. They also feel, and I'm, I'm just describing the, the atmosphere, it's not an opinion, but I'm just describing the atmosphere. They feel that the attack on the Supreme Court it's not a full reformation of the judicial system, but it's the attack of the Supreme Court to curtail its power is actually making the, the state, uh, or at least the government, very powerful with no checks and balances, and they're now willing to have their future set in the hands of people who do not have checks and balances. Uh, the, the educational system, the health system, are suffering for decades of lack of funds, um, 40 years ago, the population of the state of Israel was around 3 million. Now we're somewhere between 9 and 10 million people. Funds directed at making the uh, educational system fit for 21st century and for the size of population have been slow. And so the educational system is lagging behind now for quite some time. And the same is said for the health system is, is lagging behind. So both the people working in these and also there's the welfare uh, system, they feel we're fighting the system that is supposed to help us. So some of the people, especially now, feeling the country is becoming unstable and dangerous for the, my future and my kids' future, and therefore they decide to leave. There's already people leaving the country, and there are some high-tech factories that have, uh, or brands that have left the country. So it's there in the air. I'm not for leaving the country. I'm staying in Israel, I'm for the state of Israel, but I'm describing the processes that happen in the state of Israel so we can pray for them. Yeah. We can pray for our government to have wisdom how to do the right things for a nation. Yeah. Now we have touched uh, uh, into a few of subjects in the uh, Israeli society. If you want to you know, make a, you know, a pinpoint a list uh, of prayer points uh, that you could encourage our viewers to pray for Israel, uh, what would that be? Well, the first and foremost is always pray for a nation to return to the Lord. 
that's that's the obvious thing. You, we want our people. That's our destiny as a nation is not to become a monarchy or another kingdom. Our destiny as a nation is to be a light, and the light that we should reflect is the light of God, the light of Yeshua Hamashiach. So we do want to pray for our nation for true repentance and return to the Lord. 42 years ago when I became a believer, there may have been only 300 believers in the land, believers in Yeshua. Today the numbers are in the many thousands, 20, 30, 50,000. We don't have an accurate number. But we want to pray for the nation to desire truth, to desire love, to desire light, to desire God. So that's the, f the first prayer point. Yeah. The second is to pray for the government. And governments come and go in Israel, unfortunately, very very quickly, but we want to pray for the government, present-day government, whatever government there is, that all its agencies will be agencies that see themselves as servant of the, servants of the people, not as servants of just the people electing them, but servants of the people. Because serving the health system or the educational system doesn't serve just those voting for Netanyahu. It serves the entire population. So we want to pray for the government to have wisdom and how they handle handling these affairs. You can pray specifically uh, for the sense of, or the lack of sense of unity in the nation. Uh, it's a rift that's continually growing. It, there's another rift that's happening between the rich and the poor. The poor become poorer, the rich become richer, and those in the middle, the middle class is, is becoming less and less. So you wanna pray for that as well, that the government, I'm not talking about a, a socialist government, but I'm talking about how the national wealth is divided and how it, how people can live uh, in comfort in the land of Israel. You can pray specifically uh, for the health system, educational system, the, secu the, the security system. You can pray for the Messianic congregations, the Messianic body. We need prayer as uh, leaders are scarce. Uh, there are many congregations that uh, desire to raise the next generation and the new generation of young adults are slower to come into ministry so you can pray for our, our the messianic body to continually rise uh, in the the quality of leadership that we have uh, we're facing a variety of moral issues within the messianic body so you can pray for that you can pray for um, accountability for leaders within the land of Israel to be accountable for each other's so they can be transparent. Um, and you, you can continually pray for our nation for safety and security because there's always an attempt yeah. to annihilate the state of Israel as the form of God's presence waiting for Yeshua to return. That was a lot of uh, prayer points, but thank you very much. So that our time has come to an end. I would just say thank you for participating in this program. It's a blessing to have people praying for us. And I want also to bless you and your congregation and all the work you do in Israel. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ja, det var det vi hade för denna gången. Tusen tack för att du har följt oss i detta program och så på gensidigen nästa vecka. Tusen tack för nu.